0: Hi everybody, welcome to the 1200XL. I'm John. I'm Atari. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Blue Max. Have you ever wanted to be a World War I fighting ace before? Who hasn't? Yeah. Um, Now tell me about the first time
1: you were in an airplane. Um, The first time I was ever in an airplane that that took off was when I actually flew to Mexico uh, for a work-related thing. But the actual first time I was in any plane was when I was a kid. I got to go in one and just like tool around at a museum. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I believe it was the uh, Air Force Museum up there in uh, Dayton. Awesome. It is. You know, I've been there several times yeah. now and it's
0: an it's a hidden gem in Ohio. It really is. Oh,
1: man. You can't beat it. Free, yeah. by the way. Yeah. And, and uh... They've got a great room for kids if they can get everything working. It seems like every time I go there the kids' room's like about half working. But you can stuff your kid up in the planes and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And you can attempt to get up in there but you're not gonna the kid can fit, but you an adult. Fit. Yeah. Man, how big were these pilots?
0: They were they must have been tiny and you know, that's the thing is like people always, you know, like Amelia Earhart and stuff, you read her stuff and she's just like, Yeah, I was uncomfortable the entire time, all the time. There was no flying in style back then if you were in one of these tiny, tiny planes.
1: Well, you know, the thing about these things, you're, you're talking about planes, especially if you're talking about Blue Max and the the World War One era, of course, this is, I mean, planes were planes were stuck into this out of the blue, no pun intended. Like these, no planes, remember the Wright brothers said, the famous quote, Wings, they thought their airplane would end all war. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so but you're you're in something that's glued, a box that's glued together with some kite string and mm-hmm. wire. So they were garbage anyway. And There's so you, like ropes and pulleys all around, and you here. had to be fairly light. It's not like a big tubby guy. It's like you're gonna see. Here comes what was the fat guy Porkins from? <laughs> from Star Wars. That guy's not driving around in a, in a softwood camel. Was, was you know what his mean? name really Porkins? Porkins? That was his name, oh man. So Porkins isn't shooting down the Blue Max, you know what I mean? <laughs> now,
0: you know, growing up, did you ever feel compelled to pursue, uh, like, wanting to be in, a, like, a single engine plane,
1: like a small plane? I've never been in a single engine. I have been in a, a uh, one of the I've been in a smaller passenger plane. Sure, like that a was regional. A, that's yeah. right. That's right. And that right there was pretty, pretty heady stuff for mm-hmm. I thought for me. But no, you know I've never been like it's not like uh, I've been a, always wanting to fly or right. be a pilot. It's funny I wanted to be an astronaut, but it never occurred to me that I had to learn how to fly a plane to do that.
0: <laughs> Most of the astronauts actually pilots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never wanted to do that either. Um, I've. I don't know. I don't I don't fear flying, uh-huh. but after being inundated in my youth with like countless stories of rock stars going down in flames and small planes. The one I always
1: think about is the, uh, uh, who was the guy, Ozzy Osbourne's uh, guitarist? Connie, Tommy Iommi? No, 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 no. no. He, the um, guy that did Crazy Train. Uh, my name his name is slipping through my brain here mm. but I, I believe he died in some kind of I believe they were, he died in a wacky plane crash where they they were screwing with the tour bus and they ran the plane into a house my gosh you know some crazy crap yeah. like that or what about like of course uh, there's the
0: Skinner guys you know, or like Buddy Holly yeah 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 Jim Croce, Jim Croce John oh, uh, Denver
1: what about that wasn't the big bopper was in yeah. one and, he was, and he was and in there who, with Buddy Holly who was the guy that who also was the, Richie Valens, Richie Valens mm. the other guy that was in there you know or uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and he died in some kind of crazy yeah, plane yeah. So, gosh, this uh, sounds horrible. Not too many people dying in bizarre gardening accidents. Randy,
0: Rhodes. Thank, Randy Rhodes. Thank you, Randy Rhodes. Thank you, Chat. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> no, I never wanted to do. it. I wanted to do all of my flying on the on the on the time
1: You know, the funny thing is, since you because let's go back from it. Like last year, you were obsessed with boating. Right. All right. Now, I'd wonder which is safer, boating or flying? Because you always hear flying's like safer than driving a car. I've heard that a million times. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I bet my bottom dollar that flying is probably safer than being in a boat. Well, the 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 difference is that
0: boating is inextricably linked with alcohol consumption. Okay, most of the people that die in boats are drunk out of their minds.
1: The the way I see it is like you can link alcohol to both. You, you want to. You but know. there's just not too many people saying, I'm going to get liquored up and go fly my plane. <laughs> I think, well, that explains the rock star part of it. Yeah, but it's true. That's yeah, true.
0: <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Blue Max. Blue Max was released in 1983. This is uh, one of the, the, the last peak years of the Atari 8 bit. This was released on the Atari 8 bit, the C64, and the ZX Spectrum. Were you aware that this thing was a You know, it's port?
1: funny that you mentioned that because when I was researching. Uh, our game this week uh, on the Speccy, I came across uh, the title of this and I was like, wait a cotton picking minute here. They've got Blue Max for the Spectrum. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because, you know, now, again, most of the ones I've played, I played it mostly on the Atari, some on the C64, but I had no idea that they'd release one for the uh, for the Speccy. I'm anxious to give yeah, it a shot. Yeah, I can't wait to check that yeah. out. This, this thing
0: was coded by a guy named Bob Poland. It was the work of one man. It was a one-man show. I love it.
1: Yeah. That's when you've got full control. That's right. That's yeah.
0: right. And Bob, uh, he had sort of a, a, a small career in, in gaming. I think he was only around for a couple of years before he decided to leave the industry. And uh, no one is sure what he's doing now. It just says, uh, what I found on the net was that he's now retired. You're kidding me. So, so this guy just fell off the planet? He did 2001. Okay. Blue Max 2001. I hated that. Not a very good No, game I didn't up. like that at all. He did a game called Maxtermind. I haven't heard of that, mm-hmm. and also Puzzle Panic. Nope.
1: And nope. these were all
0: released on the Atari 8-Bits and the C64.
1: I'd forgotten about the sequel to this because I real I was appalled when I played that. It was, yeah,
0: it's it's not a very good game no. at all. Um, this was published by Synapse. Yeah. Okay, Synapse is probably the biggest publisher of Atari 8-Bit games, third-party publisher of Atari 8-Bit games. Really? They published around 50 games for the system, um, and but they actually started out as a database software uh, publisher, hmm. okay? So they started out with that, but then when they got into the games, they are like, hey, there's a lot of money to be made in games. You got that right. Now, where, uh, where they differ from a lot of Atari event publishers is actually 65% of their sales came from the C64. Actually, maybe that's not so different from most Atari publishers because, you know, once the C64 came out, the sales of that thing
1: just dwarfed everything else. What do you think had more consumer use and that non-gaming functionality? Which one got used more in a business capacity? The C sixty four
0: or the Atari? Oh, I guarantee you, the Atari eight bit did because when it came out in <laughs> 1978, first of all, the C sixty four didn't exist, right. and the IBM PC didn't exist. Okay, let
1: me here's let me let me. I think you're right, but let me follow that question up with us with an addendum. Which got more business use after the C sixty four was released? Do you think that do you think the C sixty four got more business <laughs> use or did the did the atari but at that point the atari was getting long you know long tooth. yeah i'd say
0: it's a tough call I would say they both got not very much.
1: Did you use the Atari for any non-gaming purposes back absolutely. in the day? Absolutely, uh,
0: absolutely. I used this thing to type papers on at school. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an old uh, Daisy wheel printer. that uh-huh. would, would
1: print. So you you used the, they had these at the school? No, uh, no, no. no. In mean, my 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 twelve hundred XL at home. Well, when I, when I went to when I went to middle school, oh, Hurricane, and they had eight hundred. Yeah, yeah. They had Atari so eight hundred. So we still, still
0: had the 800s in the lab. Uh, my and uh, I only took the class. It was like it was basically shop was the, yeah. the class that they shoehorned this into. And How uh, bizarre, eh? I remember bringing a coding book from home. And I flipped right to the back and I started typing in a real complex program. The teacher came over and he's like, how are you doing that? And I was just like, I just pointed to the brain.
1: You know, it's funny. When I was in computer class in high school, uh, the teacher didn't know anything about computers. Mm. And so I was far and away the wisest computer geek in the whole room. So I effectively taught the class for a while. Uh, and I certainly taught people how to do stuff like load games or look at pictures and stuff like that. So, yeah, I understand what you're – it's funny. It was a whole different year because none of the teachers really had that much experience with computers. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, Synapse published a bunch of great games,
0: including some of my favorite <laughs> titles, Seamus 1 and 2. Yeah. Uh, I've not played those. I know I know. It, I've heard of great them. Great games. A game called Quasimodo. Yeah, I remember that one. Zeppelin. That's is, a good one. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And one of our – both of our favorites, Alley Cat.
1: Yes, excellent, excellent. They published that across all platforms, you figure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: so, uh, now, what caused the downfall of Synapse? Well, Uh it goes goes right in with what you were just talking about. They decided that they'd had enough of games and they were going to go all in with productivity software. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So, this happened in around 83, 84, that time period. And what happened was they struck a deal with Atari. They said, okay, we are (laughs) going to make a suite of productivity apps and Atari says, okay, we'll bundle them with the computers, okay? You 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 print them all up. You print all the disks, send them to us. We'll pay them for you, yeah. and we'll bundle these. as like a business pack, mm. okay? Well, somewhere in the middle of that deal, after they'd already printed all the disks, Jack bought Atari, and Jack was like, yeah, all those, uh, those disks, you can just keep them. We're, we, we're not interested anymore. Shuttered the whole D deal. <laughs> And, uh, he that, didn't.
1: He didn't do anyone any favors uh, anywhere you went there in that middle of the area. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
0: So that was the end of Synapse. <laughs> they were brought. They were bought by Broderbund. Yeah. Yeah. Another big name. And, yeah. Big. Uh, big. And then they they closed down the Synapse studio, uh, such as it was. That's a
1: crummy way to go out. Yeah. You know, after that. Yeah. That's a bummer, man. Yeah.
0: But anyway. Let's talk a little bit about what Blue Max is. Okay, so Blue Max is a uh, World War One setting uh pilot game, plane game. Yeah, uh, it's it's a three quarters over the like bird's eye view sort of Zaxxon perspective. I yeah. guess I would
1: call it. This game, when I, when I think of this game, it's to, to me, this is the game that combined. Z- the the <clears throat> Zaxxon perspective with like a Zevius level of 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 bombing and shooting. Now of course it's more of a, more simulatory than Zevius unless Arcadey. right? But it actually, I mean, I, and I only say that because it just happens. Those had they had those two games have the same sort of things in common. But I mean, really, this game is its own game. I don't Mm -hmm. really think it certainly didn't rip any other games off.
0: What reminds me this reminds me of Xevious just because it's set over green fields.
1: That's right and it's in cities and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, And the story behind this there's actually a pretty developed backstory. You are Max Chatsworth. Mm. OK, you are a uh, you are a fighter pilot that goes out on a recon mission with your squadron and your squadron immediately gets ambushed. OK, yeah. and in this battle, you take down seven enemy planes all by yourself. And then the next week, you go back out, and you
1: take down 13 more. Wow. Yeah. That, that would be unheard of in the actual war. Yeah. I believe taking down, I think if you took down five planes, something like that, you were considering eight. It was not very many. I no, remember that. No. Yeah. And
0: so the Germans actually,
1: uh, they, they nicknamed this guy. They said, if, if you
0: are, no, I'm sorry. If you take down Max, we will award you the prestigious Blue Max Award, which was, in fact, a real award. Yeah. And so Max acquired the name Blue Max because of this. Mm. Okay? okay. Of course, Max Chatsworth, entirely fictional, not based on any real commander, mm. but that's the backstory of the game. That's pretty good. I didn't know any of that. In yeah. fact,
1: I thought I didn't know you were the Blue Max. That's right. I thought the guys you were shooting were the Blue because they have a flashing blue plane going right. around. So what you do in this game is you take off from the runway. If possible.
0: If possible. (laughs) And you uh, kind of traverse over the scenery. The scenery includes fields and a river and some bridges. And your job, towns. yeah. And your job is to take out basically all the targets. There yeah. are no friendlies in blue maps. No, there are only enemies. Um, and your targets are: uh, you've got bridges that you can bomb. So you're, you you have both a uh, <laughs> a gun and bombs in your in your pot in, yeah. in your in your plane. Uh, you can take down tanks that are sort of stationary outside buildings. You can take down the buildings themselves. Yeah. Uh, there are boats on the river. There yeah. are
1: also cars on the road. Yeah, that's uh, the best thing to do is blow up a bridge as a truck's going across. Oh yeah. You really That's feel the good. best. And yeah. it's a it's a little touch that is great. Uh, and uh, the the thing about the gameplay in this, uh, they did a good job. Of course you've got your Atari joystick, you've got the one button. Mm-hmm. So you've got to use that thing to shoot and to bomb. And uh, that can be a problem in a lot of games. But in this game, I don't think I ever really had to run into the... Air. Maybe occasionally you might accidentally drop a bomb. But generally, it's easy to keep shooting and the bombing. Um, and, and Yeah, and on top of everything else, uh, your altitude... You you know you've got the ability to change your your altitude and 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 so it gives you it gives you it's a lot of control for for one joystick. Oh yeah, button, absolutely. You know? And the way that this <clears throat>
0: works is there is no you you fly at a constant speed. Yeah. The the constant is is your speed. You can vary everything else. And so because you don't have to constantly push forward or push the button to gain or lose speed, that opens up all the different control possibilities.
1: Yeah. And, and really that was the, that was the right choice mm-hmm. because you don't need. This is not the kind of game where you need to slow down or speed up. You're doing this is exactly the way you need to do it. Now your your enemies will 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 come pretty much at the same speed as well, but they are I mean they're faster, but they'll come towards you and go away. But you don't it's not like you need to you there's not enough real estate to where you need to have a game aspect where you can catch up or anything. Exactly. They did the perfect job on this. Whoever the fellow was smart. Uh, All you need to do is use your joystick for, for elevation. I mean, you can even get to the point where you're so low you can hit the buildings and the trees. So you've got to be careful. Of course, you're, part of this is you have to manually take off and land. So you have to be able to have the ability to go all the way to the ground oh, if yeah, you want to. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, you can
0: control your position on the screen by pushing up and to the left and down and to the yeah. right. So you do have some freedom there. But by and large, you know, you are just basically continuing straight forward. And like you said, uh, you, know, you would think that targets on the ground can only be bombed. But no, no, you can fly low in this game. You can barnstorm, and you can cut down rows and rows of tanks and vehicles yeah. with your gun. But it's
1: very dangerous. Yes,
0: you're playing and, a dangerous game doing that.
1: And something else you've got to be... I mean, aside from the fact you could hit a building, you could hit a tree, you could hit a tank, you could hit anything. Uh, you also, the, when you play a game where you're that low, you're much more open to being shot. Right. And and one th- another thing this game did brilliantly was... It's not one shot and you're done, or you have a life bar. What you've got here is uh, the ability to take damage. And it's it's it adds uh, layers of uh, enjoyment to the game, because occasionally your guns will be taken out, or your bombs will be gone, or even your landing gear will be taken out. So you're pretty much boned. So you just go do the best you can right. w- with what you've so got. when you get shot... Uh,
0: it's not like you have a health bar, and it's not a one-hit kill game. Uh, when you get shot, uh, a little error or a little uh, letter appears at the bottom of the screen, yeah. and it will either say G or B or S or G. And your, like you said, your guns can be taken out. Your bombing ability can be curtailed. Yeah. Uh, you're, if your fuel gets, your fuel tank gets damaged, then you're going to lose fuel really quick. <laughs> And the only way that you can repair these is by landing again and whenever you're landing you know your fuel gets refueled your damage gets repaired but there are planes flying overhead that are waiting to bomb you yeah. while that's going down
1: yeah you could get bombed while refueling I mean mm-hmm. you know which you also of course have to take on fuel something else this game does well and it, this was done in Zaxxon. it's funny how they approach these it's there's a it's hard to understand your uh, your elevation in the game uh, fully. And so it's hard to match your elevation up with an enemy pilot. And what the game does is, when you're on the same, let's say, plane uh, or elevation or uh, uh, as the enemy, the your uh, the bottom of the screen will change color. It flash blue. Yeah. yeah. And that means, okay, I can shoot this guy, and he can shoot me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Zaxxon did it by putting little X's in front of the of the bag up. Not,
0: not nearly as effective. Well, this it,
1: this is a much more subtle way to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know and i like it uh, another thing this game does is give you give you audi- audible clues like for example you know when a runway's coming up there's a little chime mm-hmm. that comes down uh, and this game really the first thing you need to master in this game sort of like uh, 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 sort of like rocket, rocket ranger. ranger is I that you, you have to <laughs> you have to master and it, it of course this is a lot easier than rocket ranger but i mean i've seen a, countless people get killed trying to take off and land it's not mega hard once you've done it but even an experienced seasoned person like us can promptly go out and look like an idiot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And at the beginning of this game, you do have options where you can set up what's known
0: as normal control or reverse control. However,
1: that is not really explained
0: to you no. <laughs> what that is. And so. that's the
1: first <laughs> thing you need to do is to put it on reverse control. Right, you because need to pull up to yeah, go up. You, otherwise, mm-hmm. you push up to go up, and it's much goofier. Yeah. It's funny that that's the default. It always mm-hmm. struck me as strange, but it, as far as I know, it's the default on every version. Mm-hmm. I haven't played the Speccy, but on the C64, it was the same thing. Um, this game uh uh is immense it seems like you fly forever mm-hmm. uh, when you play it and this one thing i really like about it is this is the scenery changes a lot i mean you'll you'll be in empty fields you'll be in a place where the the river is is like prevalent and you you're also in places where you can bomb enemy airfields there, there are a lot of different things to do, and it makes the game feel large. Yeah. Uh, and you can play this game for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I don't know if there's a, a... I guess there's no way to end the game. Well, is there is. Boat. There is an ending of this game. No so, case.
0: I've never done it. This game was the first incidence where I... I that I discovered something hidden and uh-huh. I mean it is sort of hidden but in this game if you basically take off and land and don't do anything special we're, we're coming up if you're watching the video version of this game we're coming off the on the end of the game
1: this is like they're going to the huge city yeah, right here. Um you will
0: continuously just be flying over a river. Yeah. But if you fuel up and you take off and you push up and to the left on the screen and you really hug that side, you will leave the river area and go to a city. And the first time that this happened to me, of course I was a little kid and I thought, oh my gosh, this is like no one's ever been here before yeah. I'm discovering part of the world that has never been seen. Yeah. And it's, it's super cool because it's a totally different feeling. There are tons of cars you can bomb. The enemy planes are lined <laughs>
1: up on the railway on the, on the, uh, on the airstrip. Yeah. It's a really cool thing. It is. It's, It catches you off guard, too, because the buildings are immense. Right. And you're not used to that seeing much, much smaller buildings. Right.
0: Now, when you meet a certain series of criteria, which I'm not exactly sure what it is, you will actually fly through an even bigger city with a special building in the middle. And if you bomb that building and then land, that will end the game, and you will have the opportunity to get the top rank. That's another thing that this game is unique. Uh, You actually get not only a ranking, but you get a class. So you start out, I think, the lowest class is Kamikaze trainee. Yeah, um, and that is I got that a lot when I was yeah. trying to take off. Uh, and then you move up through runway sweeper and yeah. air cadet. But there's also a class. So there's I think there's one through four. Number one is the best, obviously. And so if you can get blue max class one, then that's the
1: best the best you can possibly do. I've never gotten that. Me neither. Me neither. So. There, by the way, if you're watching the video, he just finished the game. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I've never seen that before.
0: So there are uh, another option that you can use that I always played with when I was a kid because I thought it made the game more real, but it made the game a lot more hard, is you can turn on gravity. Yeah. And that makes it almost impossible to strafe the ground. Yeah. Uh, because you're constantly going down, and you can't self-correct fast enough. Now, so. it's,
1: it's off by default, and I never fool with it. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't, it, and I don't, need the extra, I don't need the extra difficulty. I'm not that good.
0: Now, do you remember the first time that you played Blue Max?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, my neighbors had an Atari, uh, 400 or 800. They had a bunch, had two or three. And they loaded this up for me one time, and I was just like, this is the game. I mean, I just loved it. And we used to play this game all the time. We played it all, almost, at least every week, we'd play it two or three times that week amongst the games we played. It was, it was, perennially all of our favorites and so it got played a lot and so that's where i learned to play it uh it's funny i never played the c64 version until oh you know maybe six seven years ago and i played it and it is very similar i mean i prefer the atari version but it's probably because that's the one i got used to but i just think it Sounds better and looks better. Well, I think that the the sprite, your plain
0: sprite itself on the C sixty four looks better, um, but I think that the explosion. There's nothing like the explosion sound of the Atari. Yeah, I mean it is visceral.
1: Yeah, if and, and, yeah. I mean like I said, it's one of those things where you get used to it, mm-hmm. but. Um, I do. I play this almost exclusively on the on the Atari. Yeah. And of course, they. Uh, this is one of the games that got released as a as a cartridge for the. Uh, this
0: saw. Yeah. This saw release on all three formats. On the, <laughs> I think it was originally released as a cassette. Yeah. And a disc, and then when the XEGS came out it was released as a cartridge. There it is. Yeah, and so I actually purchased this uh, new, new in-box, uh, but you can still buy these from Best Electronics uh, over in California. I think it's about 35 bucks, brand new, still in the yeah. shrink. It so, looks good, too. Yeah, the cart is not actually in there. It's in my box of Atari carts, but yeah, it's a good-looking game. Uh, Aaron, this game got a couple reviews that I can find online. Uh, Electronic Fun in 1984 gave it a 4 out of 4. Uh-huh. And Atari User gave it, didn't give it a a numerical score, but they gave it a positive review in 88. And I'm guessing that that coincided with the release of the XEGS. I'd say
1: you're probably right, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I looked this thing up (laughs) on eBay. Uh, You can pick up the tape. For 10 bucks loose yeah i couldn't find any boxed copies of the disc i did find a copy of the disc with the manual yeah uh, just by itself for 20 bucks you can get the loose cart for around 15 so pretty if, affordable you didn't find any box carts before you can buy you can still buy the box
1: cart new from best electronics that's for $35. crazy bucks you know um where do you i know we're both big fans obviously where do you put this in your pantheon of 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 classic games or games in general or Atari games however you want to do it oh this is near the top on all those
0: uh, yeah uh, this is one of the first games whenever I whenever I take the 1200 XL off the shelf this is one of the first games that I fire up yeah Um, it is playable to this day it offers just the right amount of challenge and variety to keep me interested I love the I love the way that you can shoot planes out of the sky you really feel like you've done something cool when you yeah. do that um, the game runs very smoothly. Yeah, uh, this is this is a winner for me for sure. I
1: agree. I mean. It- This is one of my all-time favorite games on any system. I mean, and I was heartbroken where when I learned that they did not make an Amiga version of this because we both thought they we saw that I saw an ad for it and it's not the same. With there, there were uh, there were
0: sequels for for Blue Max, Blue Max 2001, set in the far off future of 2001. Yeah, yeah, Uh, and it 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 is it is really terrible. Uh, It scrolls in the opposite direction; it scrolls up and to the left. And the game gives you completely free movement. It gives you free scrolling, but it is—it's just not very
1: good. I put it up there with the Time Pilot sequel. Mm-hmm. There are these games where they—you they, have a winner, and then they try to do some kind of features to cra- and it just—it sucks. I've never—and this was another one. Big, I mean, stick to the original. And that, really, what there was not a whole lot they could improve on this. Uh, this is one of those games I've often wonder why we haven't seen someone make a more modern effort on it. Oh plus, yeah. You know much like they did with Wings where they really cleaned it up and, and modernized the graphics and made it real pretty. You could easily do that with this game and keep the core gameplay intact and it would and it would be I mean you wouldn't have to make any changes.
0: Now of course the less said about the 16-bit versions of this game the better. Ah, uh, the Amiga Blue Max and the Atari not the same. Blue Max. It's yeah. a totally, totally different, different game. game. Yeah, 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 and not very good.
1: Yeah, but this one, this is the winner. Like yeah. the, in terms of Atari, this is at the this is right up there for me with like your your jump Man and your Minor twenty four nines. I mean, at the tippity top. In fact, it's break better than both those. I really love this game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's going to do it for episode one of Twelve Hundred XL. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. This is sort of the format, so uh, this, I, 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 if you like it, that's great. If you don't, I understand, but it's it's a very talkative, conversational podcast where we just talk about what we think about the game and uh, give you a little bit of background, but uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet at me at AmigosRetro, or you can just leave a comment on the YouTube video, whatever you want to do. You can even leave us a voicemail on Anchor. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, anchor.fm slash 1200XL. That would be cool. Uh, and we will be back next time with another episode of 1200XL. Until then, see you later. Bye-bye.